This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 707, 46 degrees in downtown Boise as we head into a, uh, another hour. Thanks for listening in this morning. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you uh, would like to weigh in. Take part in the uh, show this morning. Still, um, if you watched the debate last night, who won? Who lost? I mean, other than Trump, I, I, I think everybody's in agreement. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch it last night. Um, but if you did, uh, just curious, did anybody make any inroads, do you think, um, uh, as trying to be an alternative to Donald Trump uh, when we get underway with the caucuses and primaries, which are less than a month away? They get underway in uh, January. Uh, only four people made the criteria to make the debate, but if you did watch, uh, curious to uh, hear your thoughts this morning at 208-336-3700. Uh, also, uh, something we talked about near the end of our show uh, yesterday um, had to do with testimony from the presidents of MIT, Harvard, and Penn in uh, front of a, a House hearing. And, man, the criticism of that testimony by the presidents was fast and furious yesterday by a a number of leaders. Even the White House um, felt that uh, they needed to put out an uh, official statement criticizing the uh, testimony. White House put out their statement uh, condemning the presence of any anti-Semitism at universities across the nation. Quoting here, it's unbelievable this needs to be said. Calls for genocide are monstrous and antithetical to everything we represent as a country. That was White House spokesperson Andrew Bates. Going on saying, quoting here, any statements that advocate for the systematic murder of Jews are dangerous and revolting. We should all stand firmly against them on the side of human dignity and the most basic values that unite us as Americans. Billionaire hedge fund manager and Harvard alum Bill Ackman uh, called the immediate for the immediate resignation of all three of the presidents, um, saying uh, their answers before the congressional panel on Tuesday reflect a moral bankruptcy. The president's quoting here again answer reflect the profound educational, moral, and ethical failures that pervade certain of our elite education institutions due to large part of their failed leadership. They must all resign in disgrace. At the White House, when asked about the hearing, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said, calls for genocide are vile and counter to everything this country stands for. Statements that advocate for the systemic murder of Jews are appalling and we should stand against them. She declined to say whether the university presidents should resign, saying that they have to speak for themselves on this. Leo Allen, a postdoctoral associate at MIT, said the president's response was embarrassing. Alon, who is from Israel, said, for me, it was a shock. I can expre- cannot express how unwelcome I feel now at the university. Liam uh, Chidiat, a Ph.D. student at MIT, said she found the president's testimony alarming, saying it is good proof that these university administrators are the main enablers sympathizing with terrorism on uh, college campuses. Their ability to protect Jewish students uh, is systemic. Now, if you hadn't heard um, the congressional hearing and what was said, um, they were asked uh, questions uh, about whether it would be against the code of the universities 
um, for students to call for uh, genocide against the Jewish people. And this is, this is uh, part of that hearing in Congress on Tuesday. Dr. Kornbluth, does M- at MIT, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment, yes or no? If targeted at individuals not making public statements. Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does have, not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada. I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic depending on the context, when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. So those would not be according to the MIT's code of conduct or rules? That would be um, investigated as, as harassment, if pervasive and severe. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your testimony that you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment, yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm gonna give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It's, it's interesting because we had a couple of people call in yesterday talking uh, about, I, I think the problem that a lot of people have, and there are still people believe that, you know, hey, this is a free speech issue, um, you know, and that's what they were saying as far as the context when they say, hey, it's in context, or if it actually is a person that does get attacked, um, saying it is, you know, a free speech issue. Um, however, it, some people pointed out yesterday that they're not consistent with that, and I had to look it up because uh, I, I didn't know if it were true or not, um, but they talk about people using preferred pronouns. And so I looked it up yesterday after the show, and it is true. Harvard University told students last year failing to use a person's preferred pronoun is a violation of university policy uh, Title IX uh, training at Harvard University reportedly told students that failing to use a person's preferred pronoun um, could also get you expelled from the university. The problem here is if you sit there and say, well, if you use a person's, don't use a person's preferred pronoun, you can be kicked out, but you can call for the, you know, killing of a, a population, entire population is not against code. That's not consistent. You know, if they, if the, they had uh, said you have the right, you know, as free speech to we have a, use whatever pronouns you want. Mm-hmm. Our company has a handbook, you know, about ways to act and ways not to act on the job, that sort of thing. And I can tell you it says absolutely nothing about genocide in our entire uh, note, in, in the entire guidebook. 
It doesn't say one thing. So uh, if I called for you know the genocide of various people and they said, okay, you're fired for that, uh, my only argument would be, hey, it's not spelled out in our, our uh, you know code of conduct book. Well, a lot of things aren't necessarily spelled out because people haven't necessarily thought of all of them yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think the way they should have answered that is if uh, th- there is conduct that is calling for violence, various other things like that, then yes, there will be a problem. It may not be written out as such in the code of conduct. Because in a lot of places, I don't think you'd have to say, oh, by the way, we have a rule here against calling for genocide. Of, yeah, of anybody. And maybe that's... I, I really? Think, when did that come up? I think that that may be the, the biggest problem. And in fact, the, it's weird that like yeah. all three of them answered the question the same way, that maybe they, a, a better way... And they knew what they were there to answer about, could have said, we haven't looked into this yet, but yes, if, if this is going to be a problem, um, this may be something that we add to our code of, of conduct that you can't call for the mass killing of a group of people yeah if you want to weigh in go ahead and email us chris at kboi.com mike at kboi.com right now we'll get another update on what's going on with sports once again this morning it's brought to you by pork belly and cuna they are open get in for a fantastic del- uh, delicious breakfast right now also their coffee drive through is open you don't have to get out of your car Two Boise State football players, sophomore running back Ashton Genty and sophomore linebacker Andrew Simpson, were named Wednesday to the College Football Network All-America team. Genty was named to the first team, going into bowl season ranked second nationally in all-purpose yards. Simpson was named to the third team. So far this season, Simpson has 60 tackles, 15 tackles for loss, and six and a half quarterback sacks. And he has also recovered two fumbles and intercepted two passes. CFN's Defensive Player of the Year and Overall Player of the Year is defensive end Jalen Green of James Madison. The Offensive Player of the Year is quarterback Bo Nix of Oregon. Florida State's Mike Norvell was named Coach of the Year. In addition to Genty, the only other Mountain West Conference player with first-team honors was tight end Dallin Holker of Colorado State. You might remember Holker as the guy who caught the batted-down Hail Mary pass to beat the Broncos October 15th. Genty was also one of only two Mountain West players whose names came up Wednesday as CBS Sports named their All-America teams. Nobody from the Mountain West made the first or second team, which was almost exclusively made up of players from Power Five conferences. Genty was named Honorable Mention at running back, and Jose Pisano of Nevada, Las Vegas, was named Honorable Mention at place kicker. That's sports. Casper and Chris on Google Play. We are News Talk. This morning, not uh, a lot happening again. I'm guessing um, we're waiting for tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, just not a lot of activity. We're not seeing big earnings reports. We saw the ADP jobs report released yesterday, which did, you know, we started off relatively strong. And then that uh, that selling pressure and that weakness kind of picked up as the trading day continued. However, you did have some positive performance. I mean, you still have Bitcoin doing its thing. It, It appears that there's some progression made by these uh, institutions like BlackRock, ARK, um, Fidelity, you know, these these money management companies that are trying to get an exchange traded fund approved for Bitcoin. It sounds like those conversations are trending in the right direction. Does it mean that we have any clarity of when this is going to take place? No, but bottom line is that optimism on Bitcoin is still there, even though it's pulled back slightly. But yesterday was interesting. We had some really good performance out of your 
out of your uh, transportation, meaning airlines and cruise line operators. You had shares of American, Delta, Southwest. They all finished up close to 4%. You also had great performance out of your cruise line operators. So even though yesterday from a... From the broader index standpoint, it was uh, modestly lower. We, there was some outperformance in some individual sectors. So, you know, as far as today, we're seeing a bit of a rebound, really kind of recapturing yesterday's losses. I wouldn't be surprised if that continues throughout the day. But, you know, the big the big swing is going to be tomorrow. It's whether these jobs reports or wage gains are in line with expectations. Are they under expectations? If they come in a bit cooler Again, it's just going to fuel this optimism around our central bank cutting rates. Now, if it comes higher than anticipated or we see or we're seeing wage growth along those lines, we might see that script flipped a little bit because we're right back in that conversation of having to for the market essentially repricing and pushing out interest right. rate hikes. Because, um, again, if wages are high, yeah. unemployment looks good. The odds of, the, of our central bank cutting rates pretty slim. They're likely going to stay higher for longer. Right. And, you know, we're also seeing some movement in the price of oil, too. Yeah, the price of, yeah. Um, of crude up over 1%. So it, we're kind of just seeing some interesting movements across the board. But for the major indexes, kind of flat. Well, crude, I think yesterday it said it like fell 4%. It's down to yeah. under 70 bucks a barrel. And I was feeling pretty good about that. But everything I read seems like they either really love it or hate it. <laughs> well, I mean, when you have a cartel that's essentially manipulating prices uh, on their whim, you know, and that that's the volatility yeah. of the price of oil, right? Because, you know, it's not just supply and demand. And that's one of the reasons why it's removed out of the core inflation reports, because there's there's just a lot of factors that adjust that price. I mean, you have you have the geopolitical side, you have OPEC side, you have weather factors. I mean, and you have the supply and uh, the supply and demand side as well. So uh, but we're, today we're seeing a bit of a bump. I mean, both are hovering up over one percent for Brent and crude but yeah there's been a significant sell-off which is uh which is good for for us uh, uh pumpers at the uh, gas station <laughs> filling up our gas tanks right so all right that lasts. we'll keep an eye on things get some updates throughout the day and uh, then tomorrow morning we'll get uh, the guidance on the information you just talked about and see if that affects the stock market tomorrow morning thanks gents broadcasting from the empire title studios we are news talk kdoi Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Uh, today is the day that we'll uh, live in infamy, and allowing you, if you want to share your uh, thoughts, not a lot of people are going to be alive anymore to uh, share if they were around and can remember on that. Uh, but maybe uh, you have visited uh, Pearl Harbor over the years, or maybe your uh, parents or somebody might been uh, involved. Um, you can share those stories throughout the morning here this morning. I've got uh, a quick letter here from Will in Clear Creek over there off uh, 55 who says, I would like to relate a story about a Japanese gentleman I met on December 7th, 1963, Pearl Harbor Day. 
I was at the family's business sweeping the floor when an Asian gentleman of approximately the same age as my father entered the shop. My father was an island-hopping Marine in World War II, and he made sure that I was aware of the significance of that particular day. He and two of his friends joined the Marines a few days after the attack on Pearl Harbor. This Japanese gentleman owned an Asian food supply store in the local business park, and he was bringing food baskets to all of the Marines and sailors he could locate in the area. Many years ago, I embarked on an Internet search to find out the man's name, which was uh, Yoshioka Tadaoki of the Japanese Imperial Navy, and he lived in a very Asian-looking house only one mile away from where I grew up. My father never harbored any ill feelings toward the various soldiers and sailors that fought for the opposition forces, but he was fortunate he got through the war without a scratch. His two childhood friends got sent by the Marine Corps to different islands. One of these men was in and survived the Bataan Death March, and the other was seriously wounded during an enemy bonsai charge, receiving a horrible-looking 24-inch-long scar from a sword-wielding Japanese officer. Wow. And uh, that was Will in, in Clear Creek. Thank you, Will. Thanks for sharing. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wires. If you want to email us, you can do that, too. Chris, KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 08-336-3700, pound 670 on your uh, Verizon wireless. Text messages to get to about the testimony on Tuesday from MIT, Harvard, and Penn presidents uh, in front of a House uh, committee. Getting a lot of criticism, the presidents are hearing on CNN yesterday, former Harvard President Larry Summers, who held key positions in the administrations for President Barack Obama and Bill Clinton, noted that he called a uh, double standard in what the universities are doing in a way university leaders have responded to racism and other forms of prejudice and the way that they're responding to what is pretty clear anti-Semitism. Um. There are people, and you kind of heard it there, that, you know, in you reading, in listening between the lines, that, you know, they're not going to jump in on um, free speech unless, as one of the presidents said, you know, if this turns into an attack, well, yeah, then we'll deal with it then. Um, someone bl- believes that in text message, no name on this, says the government should not silence them. It's our responsibility to fight free speech with free speech, with proper supervision, Um we should be able to handle this. The pro- the problem is, it's not consistent with a lot of things that, that we see. I mean, you see it in, you know, I, I know it's a little bit different thing, uh, but you see it in the trial for Donald Trump in January 6th. That the claim is, through his speech, it caused people to riot at the Capitol. Do you wait for something to actually happen and can that person then be charged just because of something that they said? Uh, you know, if they're calling for the genocide of Jews, is is that then still free speech? Or is it, well, they incited these people, other people, by what they said to either hurt or attack yeah. Jewish people on campus? I don't know. No matter how you say it, it seems, you know, like familiar uh, now that we've heard what the college presidents have to say about it, how they kind of hem and haw and say, well, you know, if it gets to this point or blah, 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 yeah. that. Or, and, and, you know, it's it's all conditional. Uh, in other words, uh, they don't want to condemn somebody for saying something, 
But if they say something and it uh, whips people up into a frenzy or, you know, gets somebody killed, I mean, it's a completely different matter as far as they're concerned. But until then, just it's it's free speech. Just try not to make a fuss. Then uh, another text message in at 208-336-3700. We kind of asked this question yesterday. What would be the result if the people on campus calling for the genocide were in white hoods and waving a, sos- a swastika flag? I I don't know what it what the what would happen, but I I don't I don't think it would have met with the same reaction that we heard from the presidents either way, um, you know. And we asked the same question: What happens if people were calling for the killing of all black people in America? I I, I think their reaction would be different to that. I don't know, but two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Get a final check on what's going on with sports once again this morning uh, with Chris. Brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. They are open for lunch seven a.m. to two p.m. every day, seven days a week. Great thing about it is if you love breakfast and they make fantastic breakfast, um, you know you can come in for lunch and have breakfast at one thirty in the afternoon. They make breakfast the entire time they're open. Get out, and find out Cuna uh, why everybody's talking about Pork Belly. The Boise State women's basketball team Wednesday defeated Cal State Bakersfield 87-66 at Extra Mile Arena. Danny Bays, Maya Hansen, and Natalie Pasco each scored 15 points for the Broncos, who turned the ball over a season low 10 times. Boise State is 7-2 and overall and 6-0 and at home. Up next for the Broncos is a game against BYU in Provo Saturday at 2. And that is the same starting time for the Boise State men's team, who will be hosting Western Oregon in Boise. On the men's team, Chibuzo Abo was named the Ford Boise State Student Athlete of the Week for the week ending December 5th after scoring 27 points in the win over North Texas. In NCAA men's basketball Wednesday, number 15 Miami beat Long Island 97-49. Number 3 Houston topped Rice 75-39. Number 24, Clemson, got by South Carolina. Number 8, Marquette, beat number 12, Texas. Number 13, Colorado State, beat Denver. Number 21, Texas A&M, beat DePaul. And regionally, even though it was scheduled to be played in Dayton, the UNLV-Dayton game was canceled after a school shooting earlier in the day at UNLV. Also, Nevada beat UC Davis. Utah State beat San Diego. Portland State blew out Lewis and Clark 104-60. Washington State topped UC Riverside. And Utah Tech beat Cal Baptist 72-69. That's sports. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. I have sought to confront hate while preserving free expression. This is difficult work, and I know that I have not always gotten it right. Banded reporting channels and augmented counseling, mental health, and support services. That is Dr. Claudine Gay. She is the president of Harvard University. That right there is a good answer to the questions that she was being asked. Um, Why did it take her 24 hours to come up with that really good answer? Well, she was asked to give yes or no questions or yes or no answers uh, and uh, was having a hard time doing that. So when she finally got around to being able to just make her own statement, she was able to clarify what she meant. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to weigh in this morning, got some text messages and emails to get to. Uh, the attitude and demeanor of the college presidents was disgusting. What context of calling for genocide would be considered acceptable um, they were almost rolling their eyes, and it was disturbing. 
Another one uh, at Harvard saying there are only two genders is violence and hate speech, yet demanding the genocide of Jews isn't proves that these college lunatics don't actually believe in hate speech. It's just a weapon they use to silence people that they don't like. That was, and I mentioned that this morning. That it, my problem with this is the inconsistency. You know, if if you can kick somebody out of uh, due to your your code of conduct uh, at Harvard for not using the proper pronouns, but it's okay to call for the genocide of Jews, that that's just not consistent. I wonder if uh, you can kick somebody out for general rudeness. I guess if it is spelled out in their manual, maybe, right? Uh, Chuck writes in an uh, interesting question. It says, if we renamed coronavirus because saying the name Wuhan could elicit hate towards Chinese people. We did it with variants from South Africa and India. Uh, no, monkeypox. Don't forget monkeypox yeah. is now mpox. Or the Spanish flu, which yeah. came from Kansas City. Can we say Japanese bombed us, or wouldn't that also be hate now? We renamed Redskins, Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben's. We tore down Confederate statues. My question is, why do the Japanese people get no equal treatment? seems like certain people groups are fair game, while others are uh, elevated. Yeah, a lot of those things weren't even close to being the same things. But if you like to compare everything as equal, then you're going to be confused a lot. 208-336-3700. Got a couple people on the phone lines. Don't go anywhere. Um, Want to give you plenty of uh, time to weigh in on this. We've got news coming up here next at the uh, top of the hour. Uh, also, if you haven't heard our Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible question, we'll give that to you coming up here next. It is 756. Let's get another check on traffic and weather. Nice. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 807, it is 45 degrees in downtown Boise. Phone lines are uh, open. Just to give you updates. Stock market opened up about half an hour ago. Uh, Dow is down eight points. It's been back and forth, up and down, green to red. Basically flat. NASDAQ, though, is up uh, about 140 points so far this morning. Our phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. It is, uh, once again, December 7th, uh, Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day, taking your stories if you'd like to uh, share in this morning. We've got a couple this morning. Uh, Mitzi and Boise, listening at 670 uh, a.m., good morning to you. Hi. Uh, I am with the Idaho Division of Veterans Services. And in addition to today being uh, National Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day, um, in Idaho, we've proclaimed it World War II Veterans Recognition Day. And uh, Governor Little signed a proclamation before he left town. And uh, I can read that if you have a moment. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Whereas on Sunday, December 7th, 1941, the Imperial Japanese launched a surprise attack on Pearl Harbor, leaving more than 2,403 Americans killed or wounded. It was the beginning of the United States entering World War II and declared by President Franklin D. Roosevelt as a day which will live in infamy. And whereas on that day, life changed in the United States and the course of history was altered forever. Our citizens reacted with firm determination to defeat tyranny and secure our nation. This enterprise required the commitment and effort of our entire nation. And whereas, through the course of four long years, 
more than 416,800 American service members gave their life to fight this world war. At the height of the conflict, the United States had ships on every ocean and troops on five continents. In all, 16 million Americans wore the uniform of our nation. And whereas, when it mattered most, an entire generation of Americans stepped forward to protect our freedom and defend liberty. Their devotion to duty and willingness to serve a greater cause than themselves helped secure our future and a way of life. And whereas the great state of Idaho and the Idaho Division of Veteran Services join with all citizens of this great state and nation to honor those who fought and died at Pearl Harbor and we pay special tribute to the veterans who stood to answer the call in World War II with their example of determination, patriotism, service, and sacrifice. Our nation remains forever in the debt of these brave Americans. Therefore, Brad Little, governor of the state of Idaho, does hereby proclaim December 7, 2023 to be World War II Veterans Recognition Day. Very cool. Mitzi, thank you for sharing that with us this morning. Well, thank you. Um, it's estimated we have about 500 World War II veterans still living still in, living in Idaho. Idaho. Yes. So um, hats off to those men yes. and women. <laughs> Great. Thank you for uh, sharing that this morning. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Ever go back, and uh, from time to time I do this, uh, and I mean, and there's no specific answer, mm-hmm. about just how much the world would have changed Say the United States didn't enter the war, um, or say even worse than that, say the uh, Allies did not win, and how different a world would, that we would have right now. Yeah. Or or we would have already had World War Three to get it back to the... Possibly could be, yeah, you're possibly right. Um, little David in Boise, listening on 670 AM this morning. Good morning, you're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for, for talking to me. Uh I, I was reflecting on what Mitzi just read, and, and it just, it, it was tender in my heart. My, my father was in World War II. He was at third wave at Omaha Beach. He was in five major campaigns in, in, uh, in Europe. Wow. Uh, did he, did he ever share those stories with you? I, we hear a lot of times that, that people that, did, you know, they, because of the horrors, they just didn't share their stories with their families. Well, he shared them with me because I was, I was uh, of all of his kids, I was one that went into the military, and so we had that in common, and he shared a lot of those stories with me. He was actually shot up three times in World War II yeah. in Europe. But anyway, I've been, uh, having been in the Navy, I have been to Pearl Harbor a large number of times, and there are, there are things about Pearl Harbor that, that many people don't know. Uh, number one, the, the mountain pass on the uh, west end of the island where the, the northern waves of Japanese planes came through, there has been a memorial up there at the, at the summit of that pass. Uh, it's not well known because it's actually on Pickham Air Force Base, and so most people do not have access to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I... When, when a Navy ship goes into or out of Pearl Harbor, they always render honors to USS Arizona, both going and coming. Um, 
that's where everyone topside will will turn and salute and hold the salute while the ship passes. Um, I was in the Navy in the early 80s. We had a master chief, who was our command master chief, on board my ship, and it was his last tour uh, in the military before he retired. He'd been in 44 years. Wow. He had service stripes, went almost all the way up to his shoulder. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and he had lied to get into the Navy at the age. He was not quite 17 when he went in. And after boot camp, he was assigned yeah. as a quartermaster on USS Nevada. Nevada, of course, being the only ship that had boilers lit off and was able to get underway. And he was on watch on the bridge of the Nevada and happened to be the, the, the man at the wheel of the Nevada when she got underway during the, the conflict. And he was the, the one that steered the ship to put her on the beach at, at Hospital Point so she would not block the, uh, block the channel going in and out of Pearl Harbor. Thanks for and sharing these stories this morning, uh, David. Appreciate it. We're we're kind of up on time here, but appreciate the stories. Uh, thank you for sharing. The one of the amazing things about Pearl Harbor is that the had the Japanese uh, included bombing nearby repair facilities and dry docks and things like that. Or it would have been considerably more devastating. Not only that, but the uh, as it was, I the, mean, the gas and oil um, yeah. refinery that they had oh. there, they would. I mean, they wouldn't have been able to repair the ships. They wouldn't have been able to get... It would have taken years. Right. And they repaired all of them except the Arizona and the Oklahoma that were the only two that were uh, permanently uh, damaged, permanently lost. Yeah. Uh, they say now that may be one of the biggest mistakes of the war was... I mean, and thank goodness it was a mistake yeah. of the war um, because uh, that would have changed the course of how the United States would have been able to respond um, to the attack, uh, attacks on Pearl Harbor. If you want to uh, share your stories, like I said, uh, continue sharing them this morning. You can email, email us if you want. We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, by the way, we've got a $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue. It's Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. Don't go away. We will get to that next, right after Bronco Sports today. Um. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Our, 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 our barbecue. I mean, R&R barbecue. That's what's up for grabs today. <laughs> Very funny. R-R-R-R-R-R-R. Uh, we've got a $50 gift certificate for you. A lot of uh, barbecue. Not a, just uh, a lot of barbecue, but great barbecue, too, for our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Call 208-888-4128 for your real estate needs. And Lou is going to get first crack at our question today. Lou, uh, we don't need to know the names of the states. We don't need to know the names of the cows. Um, you don't have to give us the numbers, anything like that. We just need to know how many states in the united states have more cows than people well i'd say nine you'd say nine nine that is correct yes it is nine states more cows than people south dakota nebraska north dakota wyoming kansas montana oklahoma iowa and idaho 
or eight well, for those people that think Iowa and Idaho are the same states. I guess you'd call it the rural belt. <laughs> uh, congratulations, $50 gift certificate uh, for knowing the answer to our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. For those of you who didn't um, get to answer that question today, we've got one more day coming up tomorrow morning. We'll give you one more chance at that $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue um, for our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. Take a break. News coming up at the bottom of the hour. If you want to share your stories, uh, once again, continue. We've got quite a few stories in uh, this morning on Pearl Harbor. Um, love to hear them. Uh, your thoughts this morning. Also talking uh, about uh, testimony earlier this week on uh, Tuesday from the uh, presidents of MIT, Harvard, and uh, Penn. Uh, people not uh, quite a few people not happy with what they had to say um, in that testimony. If you want to weigh in on that, you can do that too. Also, uh, still on the way uh, for you this morning. Promise we were going to get to this. I, I want to get to this uh, here this morning. Would you drive to a city if, as a way to deal with traffic? and the amount of people that are driving there, if they started to charge you $23 just to drive to that city, would you continue to drive to that city, or is that enough uh, enough to make you go, you know what, I don't need to go there anymore if that's so, what's going to happen? How good are their restaurants? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I'm just curious. We'll get to that story uh, because there is a city that's going to start charging uh, people to drive in because they don't like the amount of traffic they have. No, it's not Boise. KBY News Time, 826. And Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pounds six seventy on your Verizon wireless uh, today. Once again, December seventh, Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. We've been taking uh, your uh, stories this morning. If you uh, want to share, and we've got quite a few throughout the morning here this morning. Also uh, heard of the um, statewide uh, new. I guess what you call it a holiday, uh, but just a way to remember all veterans. A day. Who- who served a day, yeah, of, a, remembrance, a day of remembrance right. um, put out officially by the uh, governor. Uh, Craig and Meridian, uh, listening online, you've been uh, waiting very patiently. Thank you this morning. Uh, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hello, Craig. Is you there? Is he on? Did we lose him? I couldn't, I couldn't even hear Craig breathing. All right, Craig. Thanks for not holding on, I guess, the entire time. Uh, either that or... And, uh, and by the way, we do hope you are still breathing. If if we if we lost you, we uh, apologize, and uh, you can try calling us back. Um, also wanted to talk about this uh, story this morning. Um, and part of the reason I wanted to talk about it is because there's a possibility um, that we could be seeing this if it, if it does take off in this particular city. Um, with more cities, as a matter of fact, even the thought of talking about this new law going into effect sure doesn't seem too popular yet. A fee to enter New York City 
Manhattan in particular. Manhattan has stoked fears that drivers nationwide could soon face new charges every time they travel. After two decades, New York City finally ready to implement its congestion pricing program beginning in 2024. The goal of New York's new congestion pricing program is to force people off the roads and onto the subway by charging cars to enter downtown Manhattan. Drivers will be required to pay a fee to enter designated areas within city during certain hours when traffic is at its peak. The initiative aims to incentivize people to take public transportation, which would also increase revenue of the Metropolitan Transportation Authority train and bus lines. Tolls expected to range uh, somewhere from 9 to $23, though the final amount has yet to be finalized ahead of the rollout in uh, 2024. Now, if you're wondering, well, what about emergency vehicles? Well, those transporting people with disabilities and emergency vehicles will be exempt. Um, other people will go, well, what about people that can't afford to yeah. pay that every time they drive in? You don't have to, uh, well, you don't have to pay because you won't be allowed in. 25% discount will be available for low-income drivers after their first 10 trips in one calendar month. As you can expect, <laughs> not, there's, after the first 10 after trips, the fed, then, first they, ten, then they get so 25% off. Once you've yeah. spent $230, <laughs> then, yeah, then, then you'll you get start 25% to get a off. discount. Yeah, come on. Now, as you would imagine, not all people are happy. I think the idea that small businesses is going to be crushed is absurd. It's a joke. It's a total joke. This is nothing more than a money grab. It's a scam, and it's going to hurt commuters and small business owners. People like a nurse or an electrician um, who have to work very hard and work different hours or have no option have to drive in. They have no choice. This is going to kill New York City at a time where New York needs people to come in, where we need the revenue. We need to pay taxes. We need to help support our city. Yeah, yeah I mean, a lot of the revenue of Manhattan, I mean, clearly many, many, many things happen in New York, but a lot of their revenue is based on people visiting uh, Manhattan already, you know, that they stop there and they buy things in stores. Yeah. And uh, I, if you make, if you charge them 23 bucks to get in, they're just going to spend $23 less. Think, think about, and, and granted, if you can afford to pay two, yeah. $300 to go to a Broadway show, an extra $23 probably isn't going to make a difference Unless for you. you just saved up and that's your birthday yeah. thing and you're just going to the one Broadway show. And and how know. many people do? You and I know Tons. both know a lot of people who are like, hey, I'm going to New York. I've never seen a Broadway. I want, yeah. What? I have to pay an extra $23 on top of what I am ridiculous price of a mm-hmm. uh, a ticket to the Broadway show? Yeah. I, I mean, we've talked about this even here locally. Now, we don't have uh, this type of thing here in, in Boise. But, I mean, here just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about it. I, I don't go to downtown Boise near as much as I, I used to because of parking, because of the cost uh, and the price increase. Which is no, so much of not even close to 23 bucks. No, no. Unless you're going to, you know, stay there all day, you'll have to pay for parking in a parking garage at $23. But it's like it, it got to be to the point where, you know, if, if, and, and this was, you know, Years ago, like uh, before my wife and I were married, and even after we were married, um, we had a lot of times when we would uh, have station functions at the radio station I worked with. And in addition to that, we'd also, you know, on the weekends, hey, let's go out and party with some of our friends. And it got to the point where it's like, you know, before we even walk into the place, we have to pay $12 in parking, and then we've got, you know, the $10 in 
the fee to go into the place, the cover charge. And so before we even had dinner or a drink, um, we're into this thing, you know, 20, 30 bucks. I go, this isn't where we can go someplace else and save that and, and have 30 bucks for dinner, yeah. which we're not paying for the, for the parking and everything like that. So, um, I, I, if I were a business in Manhattan going, what are you doing to us? Because if this does end up, uh, like you said, they haven't picked the exact price yet, but it's going to be nine to twenty-three dollars. You know, say they pick twenty dollars as the price that it yeah. costs you to get in a car and drive in, you're, you're going to have a lot of people go. No. Well, and, and their whole deal is we don't want people to stop coming to Manhattan, but we would like them to. You know how the the the, the subways, as soon as they leave Manhattan, they go up and they're above ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whether it's Queens or, or or north of there or wherever, the subway ends up going above and just becomes a train. And then, you know, it, right. it gets to Manhattan and becomes the subway. But they just want people to take the train. And you don't have to pay the extra 23 bucks if you take the train. And to be fair... Well, you're still paying, but you it's can not... Get, you can get almost anywhere in Manhattan just by taking public transportation. Right. But it's still not free. Yeah, so, like you're, a, so you're still... I don't know. What, what, what is the subway now? It was a buck and a half last I time I, I was there. I don't know what the subway is. I've never taken... 20 years or better. Yeah, I've never taken the subway. But, I mean... Some that was people, my favorite thing in New York was riding the subway. Some people don't like to t- take the subway because of uh, the crime aspect that's been going on over the last couple of oh, years. Oh, that was my favorite part. No, I just, <laughs> it was see, just, you I, did it, no, you I did just it a long it time great. ago. Yeah. I know, I, but I did it like at rush hour, and I did it in off hours and stuff just to see what it was like, and I rode clear out to the to a Mets game, from you know, which is way out in Queens. It took about 45 minutes to get out there, and it was just kind of fun. I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy you know. Growing up in Twin Falls, you don't ride a lot of trains unless it's your job yeah. to ride trains. Derek just looked it up, $2.90. Is that what it is now? Yeah, $2.90? $2.90. It's a weird total. Um, big cities like Los Angeles, Seattle, Boston, and Portland are already uh, looking into how they can take advantage of congestion pricing. Um, and Bloomberg newspaper says uh, that if this does work and New York per- proves that uh, people will actually pay for it, they predict that other cities guaranteed will decide to uh, copy. James in, in James in Garden City says what I expected uh, a lot of people to say, and probably they are, says, I have family in Connecticut, and we go into the city occasionally. New York City is crazy expensive and an even crazier place to drive. They would have to pay me to drive a car into Manhattan. <laughs> uh, this policy would not affect me. And and that's probably the way most people are. It's it's not a fun place to drive, uh, especially if you're, like, not... If you, if you didn't grow up driving in, in huge cities, you uh, may... Uh, be over your head pretty quick. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a uh, break. We'll get back. Do you have phone lines open if you want to get through right now? Keep in mind, you can also email Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.54. All right, let's try to go back to the phones and uh, see whether or not Craig or myself have learned to use the phone. Craig listening online. Uh, Good morning, uh, Craig. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. I am still breathing. <laughs> so the, the morning, my grandfather was on the USS Pennsylvania uh, battleship of the 7th Fleet, and it was the flagship of the 7th Fleet, and it was in dry dock number one and on the day of Pearl Harbor. So the night before, uh, they were all out in town. Uh, there was a big contest, and it was the Battle of the Big Bands. So all the battleships had their bands 
uh, at the competition, and they went on until 2 in the morning. The Arizona won uh, the sister ship to the Pennsylvania. They actually won the contest. So the morning of December 7th, everybody was really, really hungover, especially my grandfather. And he said when it, when the alarm started going off and the guns started going, they were so mad because they were like, what is going on up there? So then they got to there, and just like in the movie, the guy got on the one MC and said, this is not a drill. This is not a drill. We were actually being shot at. He went up to his battle station, which was, uh, he was a radio operator on the Pennsylvania, and there was nothing to do. So the chief uh, told him, well, go out and help pass out ammo. So they went out into the decks, and they, and they helped pass out ammo. And he said he saw a, a Japanese fighter come so close that when the guy smiled, he saw his gold tooth. Oh, my. And I, wow. And that was, yeah, and he said also that there was a, a crane operator right next to the Pennsylvania on dry dock number one, a Hawaiian. And he got into the crane, and he moved the crane up and down the dry dock, and he was using it to kind of like swat away the Japanese planes from getting a good beat on the Pennsylvania. Wow. Uh, there, there was two ships in front of him at dry dock, the USS Caskin and the Downs, uh, and they caught on fire. And so they flooded the dry dock, and my grandfather had to go, because he had nothing else to do, had to go help unload uh, those ships with personnel and ammo that may explode that would do more damage. So that's my grandfather's story of Pearl Harbor, and I love to tell it. So, Does, uh, you did go. your grandfather talk much and tell you stories of Pearl Harbor? Uh, I'm just curious, because we hear so many people, it's like, uh, that never talked about the war because of how, how horrific it was. Um, did, did he mind telling you stories? No, my my grandfather was awesome about it. He told he was on the Pennsylvania all the way through the end of the war. Uh, um, matter of fact, the peace treaty was going to be signed on it, but it got hit by a torpedo on its way to Tokyo Bay. Jeez. But uh, he told his story so much to me, and there was always good stories, funny stories. You know, he he yeah. he washed out all the bad stuff, but but uh, he told me stories so well that one day he was telling me my a story of him, and I corrected him, and he said, "That's it, my grand." Grandson corrected me on my own war stories. I'm never telling a war story again. <laughs> so, uh, uh, thank you, Craig. Uh, appreciate the story. No uh, appreciate you uh, trying to figure out how to work your phone this morning. Uh, thank you. Could have been our fault. Could have been our fault. Thank you. Thank you for the story. Um, that's crazy because uh, have you ever you've seen the movie Pearl Harbor? Sure. Right. Um, hearing him tell that story because they do have in one of the scenes uh, a Japanese pilot flying so close that you know they turn and you could see the exact features of his face because he was so close um so you know obviously those must have come from some of the real stories they didn't drop bombs from like way above when they first started they came in and they were dropping them they were dropping them into the water like torpedoes you know that would then hit the water and then destroy a ship yeah 208-336-3700 i need to take a break more of your stories coming up afternoon drive home live and local with nate shellman this afternoon at three now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi once again, phone lines are open this morning, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. You can email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com, if you want to get through and uh, take part in the show. 
Talking about, uh, well, first of all, the uh, battles, uh, Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day today. Uh, Paul writes in, please don't forget the survivors in the battle for Wake Island. It's the first battle of the war. It was part of the Morrison Knutson's construction. I was part of the, Nor- or no, what was it? Say? And it was part of the Morrison Knutson's construction crew. Thank you. I thought Paul was saying he was a part mm-hmm. of the construction crew on Wake Island. It's like, uh, that would make you uh, the, um- close to 100 years old. The Seabees were created during World War II in the Pacific, and CB meant construction battalion. They would uh, land in an area, and uh, like if if you know if the U.S. took an island, yeah. they would land on the island and start building building air force you know, a, a base essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, a post anyway. Jim from uh, Eagle writes in on the uh, charge. New York City wants uh, will start charging uh, beginning in. 2024 said 40 plus years ago i drove semi trucks long haul several times i had to drive semis through new york city to hunter's point after three trips i walked into the dispatcher's office handed him the map of new york city and told him uh you can keep uh if i'm told him you can keep it if i'm ever going to that city again i've kept that promise i wouldn't pay to go to gotham ever again thanks i'll pass steve says you can bet the fares for public transit will increase now that people who have to get into Manhattan will be forced out of their private vehicles. Next, they will start charging people who want to pack up and leave New York City an exit tax. Always vote for liberty and freedom. Thank you, Steve. And, you know, and, and quite frankly, that's this doesn't affect rich people at all. They're going to still continue to drive. Um, you know, it, it, it it's going to affect people that can't afford it or that must travel to the city more than anything else and, and and businesses who you know can live based on the people that are visiting the city i mean if you're if you're vacationing and you've done this and i I've, I've done this the mm-hmm. i mean we went in, the only reason last time that i was in new york uh the only reason and we were in maryland visiting um family at the time we wanted to go go to New York, go into Manhattan just to visit, just as tourists. And I can tell you, based on um, the fact, you know, it was probably an hour, a little over an hour and a half drive um, to get there from where we were in Elkton, Maryland. Mm -hmm. But we already, before we got to New York City, I think had three different toll booths that we had to pay Before we got to New York City, um, you know, and this was a long time ago. So at the time, it was, I imagine those tolls right now are probably, um, costing you 20 to $40 already. <laughs> and then another $23 on top of that wow. it, just to visit New York. How many people are going to go? Well, no, it's already too expensive well, to travel. I'm not going to go just and, to. And the, well, the thing about visiting though, I mean, you, if you, if you visit someplace, if you're on vacation, if you're going in, you've got kind of a budget for that and you know about how much you're going to have to spend and, of course, you know, what do they say about vacation? Always uh, pack half the clothes and take twice as much money. So this is what we would expect if it's a special occasion like yours or mm-hmm. like when I've been yeah. there. Uh, but if you're one of those people that has to go into the city, you know, five days a week and work, you work there, uh, great, fantastic. You know, in two weeks, this is going to cost me an extra $230. Why do I even have a job? Yeah, because you're not are you going to be able to go to your, your job and say, hey, I need a two hundred and thirty dollar yeah. raise because it's costing me this much to come into the city during the times that you require mm-hmm. me to come in here at work. Or I need a subway or bus pass or yeah. something of that yeah. nature to, the, to 
which know, is, will uh, make it so I don't have to drive anymore. Which is, once again, what they are trying to do. But once again, it won't affect people that are well off. It only affects <laughs> p- poorer people. Um, oh, you mean like every other thing the government yeah, does? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the, the whole thing just uh, it's it at the end of this, the rich the people heaven. will still have a lot of money. Uh, another couple of uh, another email, Mike at KBOI dot com. Can you say fifteen minute city? Uh, that or small businesses saying goodbye. Land goes cheap to the corporations. New businesses go in, and now we have a divided society. The new wealthy owning everything, and the rest of us owning nothing, being happy. The WEF's plan for all this is coming to a city near you. The other part of this, you know, and we talked about it just before going to break, um, because, it, you know, for people who don't have a lot of money, um, they are going to make allowances. They're, you're going to get a 25% discount. So if, if the fee ends up being $23, yeah. you're, you're going to get a 25% discount after your first 10 trips in a month. <laughs> so you have to pay for the first 10 trips if you're, if you can prove that, uh, you're, you know, a member of the working poor, um, but after your first 10, 10 trips in at $23 each, then they say, well, okay, so you, you qualify. You don't make so enough money. We're going to give you a what? 25% discount and that's, on and any that's, more trips. And that's what, what is it, 575 off if I'm doing the math correctly? Yeah. Yay. Yeah. But, but once again, not till after those first 10 trips. Uh, another text message. Wait a minute. Twenty three dollars to get in, then your subway fare, and you ride the subway because that's a show in itself. People peeing, beating, robbery, and assaults. Yeah, we've had. Well, you've heard not, some complaints about. To, to be fair, that's not happening every second on every car. No. And it is New York City. You know, some of that crime is to be expected. For crying out loud. There, there are a lot of performances on the subways. To tell you the truth, when I was there, you know, people would come in and start announcing some reason that they were there and then they'd you know juggle or or sing or something like that and then start passing the hat which i would watch go by and you you said uh, you i've never been on the subway in new york i you said you enjoyed it right sure it was fun well, it was a new experience for me twin falls idaho new york subway different thing <laughs> Uh, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, also wanted to pass uh, along a couple of things that you may not have known um, that happened uh, yesterday. One of those uh, in, in the House. House passed a bill yesterday that would neutralize uh, one of the key policies underlying in the Biden administration's electric vehicle push. The Choice in Automobile Retail Sales Act. See, they always come up with interesting names because when you get an acronym for that, it's called the CARS Act, passed by a bipartisan vote in the legislature's uh, lower chamber yesterday. That'd be brilliant if it weren't Congress coming up with it. It will now head to the Senate. The bill is going to prevent the Environmental Protection Agency from imposing new vehicle emissions rules that either mandate the use of a specific technology or reduce the availability of new cars based on their type of engine. So this is the this is the anti-electric car act. Yeah. Uh the bill passed by a 221 to 197 vote with five house democrats voting in favor alongside every republican. The bill is specifically to designed to disallow the new tailpipe emission standards the EPA opposed uh, proposed in April. If finalized, that proposal would effectively require two-thirds of all new car sales in the United States to be electric vehicles beginning in 2032. 
I mean, we're talking nine years, and two-thirds of all vehicles in the United States would have to be electric vehicles. If it's just the Anti-Electric Vehicle Act, we should call it what it is, the AIVA. Uh, Are you for the AIVA? That doesn't sound as good as the CARS Act, Chris, unless you do it right and you go, AIVA! Well, that's what I would do. Uh, While the uh, electric vehicle proponents cite the perceived environmental benefits uh, of their use, critics highlight the vehicle's higher upfront cost, range anxiety for drivers, um, and also additionally that China dominates the global supply chain for the raw materials that are required to build the EV batteries. Uh, competitive, uh, let's see, Darren uh, Bax, the director of the Center for Energy Environment at the Competitive Enterprise Institute, said of the passage, this measure would stop the EPA from moving forward with its tailpipe admission rule that would re- restrict the freedom, uh, freedom of Americans to choose the vehicle that best fits their needs. Daniel Turner, founder yeah. and executive I mean, director of... Eventually, How- breathing will be a problem, but... Uh, <laughs> Power... One uh, thing at a time. For the future said... Uh, if Joe Biden believes EVs are so wonderful, man, I've said this before, he shouldn't have to force us to buy by executive fiat. Now that the House has done his jo- their job, the Senate should give this uh, fair hearing an immediate up or down vote. I would imagine it would go to the Senate. And, if it's uh, such a great idea, you wouldn't have to force us to do it. It's, it sounds like, hey, as soon as we publish these uh, facts about cigarettes, no one will smoke anymore. And it, I mean, but look how many people because, have quit smoking. Because people are smart. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a uh, break here. Phone lines are open if you want to get through. Email us if you'd like. Uh, you can get to chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Also, uh, text us, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. For your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. I don't know, uh, Chris, if it's you that started this week or if it's something in the water, something in the air. This is the holiday season. People are supposed to be in a jovial, jolly mood. The <laughs> beginning time? of Hanukkah. What, what country are you from? Hanukkah starts tonight. I can't believe... Or as we- an old, as an old uh, co-worker of mine said one time, she was just reading wire copy, and she says, well, we'd like to wish our Jewish friends a happy first day of Chinooka. <laughs> and I remember what I said to her. I went in, and after she turned off the microphone, all I said was, really? <laughs> really? Um, uh, some people apparently need some medication uh, this morning. So we've, we've got complaints uh, because uh, our weather person... Um, they want to, you know, said that we had had rain, which, by the way, mm-hmm. um, to the person that wrote in, it did rain last night. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed the uh, wet streets this morning. Uh, I I left a function that I was asked la- this- at last night in Nampa or Caldwell at about ten thirty. It was pouring rain. So Vas- Vasily, who, despite his name, is actually Vasilius Vas- most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, he he wrote in in all capital letters. And uh, apparently he has one specific cuss word that he really likes because it used it uh, um, numerous times to say how much and how stupid we are at KBOI because... So he put some effort into this? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, dude, what is wrong with people today? And then you just got a complaint. 
Oh yeah, one guy email says, because we didn't only, talk enough. Of- only three people killed in a mass shooting yesterday, so it gets no mention. Well, unless you count the hour we talked about it earlier this morning. Yeah, yeah we talked I mean, about it in the entire 6 o'clock. It's been mentioned in every newscast uh, at the top of the hour in addition to that. We're on for four hours, and uh, by the way, it used to be five, but we're on for four Shut hours. Shut up. <laughs> Don't give anybody that crappy idea again. Ixnay on the IVA. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, we're on for four hours, and we go from subject to subject to subject generally. Uh, I I know on the days we talk about football, it seems like that's all we talk about. But no, it's usually about a half hour, and we move on to something else. But yeah, we talked about the the shooting at UNLV. Uh, We talked about several things this morning, and quite a bit on Pearl Harbor. But, I mean, if you you turn on the radio at 9.15, and by 9.19 we haven't mentioned it, you may want to give it a few (laughs) more minutes. Remember, Casper just, and, just saying. Casper and Chris show every every morning, six a.m. to ten a.m. Not not six to six fifteen. Yes, I know some people wished our show was six to six fifteen, but six to ten a.m. We and feel free. That's part of the reason why we open our phone lines. By the way, um, during our entire show, our, our phone lines are open. We welcome everybody to call in. Um, you know, we we like debate. Um, so if you feel that Just you like had something fish. to say about the shooting at UNLV, I mean, there's not a lot of information. We gave all the information that we know mm-hmm. that the three people that were killed, they were professors, and that the person killed, not going to mention his name again, was 67 years old, and that he had applied for a job there. But there's no, we don't know if that's the reason why he decided but, but, to go crazy and shoot but, people. But, but, we, but we think it is. Yeah. Uh, but the investigation is going on, and and as far as the facts, that's all we know. So yeah. it's not something that for four straight hours you're going to sit there and. Oh, no, and we know like that they used a handgun. So. I, I said, "Here's what's going to happen: they're going to think they're going to say that the guy, uh, you know, did this whole thing because he applied for a job and didn't get hired, so he was disgruntled, and they're going to uh, they're going to talk to the person who interviewed him who didn't give him the job and ask them why, and the person's going to say, "Well, he kind of seemed, seemed crazy." crazy. He didn't seem like the sort of guy that we'd want on campus. Mm-hmm. And kind then when he came that. back and started shooting people, well, yeah, we, we thought, hey, we, we did the right thing. Sort of. Uh, Remy writes in an email, says, uh, hello there, Mike. Uh, who was the guy on your show yesterday morning that mentioned that he was hit by a car, technically left for dead? He said he was revived by paramedics. Can you uh, have him on again to tell his story? Um, he's actually told his story uh, a few different times mm-hmm. uh, on on the show. But yeah, we can. But uh, yeah, if he's listening, um, tomorrow's open phones Friday. Could be would be a good day, Remy. Uh, just a reminder for you: we are on from six a.m. to ten a.m. <laughs> every day, Monday through Friday. So tomorrow morning, don't say you said you were going to have him on. Um, it, it, you know, so you're going to have to listen the whole time because yeah. he's not scheduled to be on. Denny in Nampa says one of the best books I've ever read is titled Wounded Tiger by T. Martin Bennett. The author researched this book for five years before putting pen to paper, so to speak. It's the true story of the Japanese pilot who led the raid on Pearl Harbor and how his life subsequently was changed by an American prisoner and a girl he never met. Most excellent read. Thank you. Wounded Tiger. That sounds good. Mm. Thanks, Denny. Uh, Jeff and Nampa writes. This is another subject we talked about uh, this morning. We st- actually started talking about it at this time uh, yesterday about the testimony from uh, the presidents at MIT, Penn, and Harvard. Uh, writes in that these college presidents seem to have been advised by their lawyers 
not to give any direct answers this type to this type of questions that could be seen as a policy and cause legal problems i i get it and it, part one of my pet peeves when it comes to almost anybody who gives testimony in some of these committee hearings it seems like i don't know if it's their lawyers or they have people who train them to uh, as the way to answer questions so that you don't give direct questions because uh, direct well, answers to how questions. many of them how many times have you seen this on the news where somebody is being introduced and they're asked if they want to make a statement and the first thing they say is okay you've asked me here to uh, talk about this particular situation and the only thing i want you to know is that right now i can't tell you anything about that particular situation but feel free to ask me anything yeah 208 336 pound 670 on your verizon wireless uh when we come back uh Lori Vallow. Another day in court. As a matter of fact, she is probably... Another, another day bell in court? Another day bell in court. Uh, she is probably there right now. We'll give you an update on that when we come back. Phone lines are open. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KDOI. 9.33. Dow back up in the uh, green. Not by a whole bunch, though. Only uh, 11. The uh, NASDAQ, though, continues to do great today, up 153 points. Phone lines open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Email us, chris, kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Lori Vallow, mother of convicted of uh, murdering her two children in a so-called doomsday plot, is uh, currently this morning being arraigned in Arizona, probably in court right now on charges alleging she killed her fourth husband and plotted to kill the uh, ex-husband of her niece. She was extradited from Idaho to Arizona last week, booked into Maricopa County on first-degree murder and first-degree premeditated murder. She's been held without bond since her initial court appearance. Well, of course she's being held without bond. She was found guilty of murdering her two children and sentenced to life in prison. They're going to write a biography about her one day and as a tongue-in-cheek tribute they're going to call it family values i just because she was guilty of killing her two kids kids here doesn't mean she's not innocent of killing her husband and her niece's husband you're right it doesn't mean she's not innocent i'm sure if she's, that's what you meant to say yeah i i'm okay. per, i'm pretty sure she is not guilty of these crimes the other ones yeah okay those are bad right. the, these the accidents what was that from the one of the Dirty Harry movies? People have a bad habit of getting dead around you. I mean, it's definitely true with her, isn't it? Um, so anyway, that's happening this morning. We'll keep you updated on that. Go ahead. Be make, a zombie and make, live in my house. Yeah. It's a crazy, crazy story. Um, another update, too, on a, a story. This happened uh, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, also, Hunter Biden's lawyer, again yesterday, said that the president's son will only show up to testify at his deposition if uh, it's done publicly. Hunter Biden's lawyer reiterated yesterday that the president's son will only testify next week before the House Oversight Committee if it's uh, public. The House Oversight Committee said it's a deposition. Depositions are not public, and he will have his chance to uh, testify publicly in the actual hearing, but for the... uh, deposition he's not going to be allowed so it's going to be interesting to see um with him reiterating that he's not going to show up for by the way it's not a request for him to show up he's been subpoenaed 
So it will be interesting to see if next week Hunter Biden does show up for his subpoena. Yeah. Now Apparently it, they still make some people do that. You remember uh, the last time somebody said, I'm only going to show up unless I'm allowed to have my uh, deposition publicly. You remember who the last person to do that? And who? Steve Bannon. How did that work out for him? Well, he's doing okay now. But yeah, there was an <laughs> he, interim. He spent, that what, was... 13 months in prison or whatever because of uh, contempt of Congress? Details, details. Yeah. Um, it is interesting. He still, it's... He still looks uh, the same. I... <laughs> he still has a he has his podcast still, doesn't he? I think. Doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. I think he still has his That's... So after he got out of prison, he wasn't able to do his podcast and be in prison. That's where he looks best, actually, is on in a podcast. Um, it, it is interesting. I'm, I'm wondering how uh, uncomfortable it is, you know, at dinner time, at, at Christmas time, or, or, or Thanksgiving, um, because President Biden had weighed in on uh, people not showing up when they received a uh, subpoena. Mm-hmm. Take a listen. He asked the president tonight, what is his response to this? What does he think of people who are defying these subpoenas? And should the Justice Department prosecute them? And this is what he told us. I hope that the committee goes after them and uh, holds them accountable. Should they be prosecuted by the I, Justice I do, Department? yes. So he, he thinks that people who don't show go. up for their subpoenas should be prosecuted. Now, he wasn't no, he, talking he about prob- his son. But he probably still does think I, that. I, I would hope that he still thinks that and maybe tells his son, Dude, you know, I've already come out and said that if you don't show up for a subpoena, um, you, you should be going to prison. Do you really want to get another jump on another prison sentence here? Um, I don't know if he will or not. But like I said, he is due uh, in front of that uh, Senate hearing for depositions next week. And once again, the, his lawyer just yesterday yeah. reiterated he's not showing up for, however, the, uh, for the deposition. However, they have public. also subpoenaed like some actual politicians and they just didn't even bother to show which once again and if then they just dropped it if it's a subpoena you should be showing up for it it's it's you know you have the full weight of the congress behind it um i don't think it should be if you get subpoenaed you should be showing up i don't care if you're republican democrat guilty not guilty yeah Brad and Eagle listening on 670 AM this morning. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, you did point out the fact that there were five Republican members of the House that were subpoenaed by the January 6th committee, and not one of them showed, and not one of them was sanctioned in any way, shape, or form. And if I were hunting, Hunter myself, I'd tell him to go pound sand. You know, I, I've given you my conditions. These are my conditions like it or lump it you want me to come i'll come i'll come testify in an open hearing and the reason that they want an open hearing is because that committee leaks like there is no problem and does so with everything out of context well you do have to keep in mind brad this is not a hearing this is a deposition and there's there's a lot of reasons why you don't have an open deposition, and a lot of it has so that you don't corroborate with other witnesses, and other witnesses don't know what has been said, so that when they get to court, they go, okay, we have to match what he said. You you want to catch people possibly lying or not? So that's why depositions are never uh, public hearings. Um, 
they they did they did say that Hunter will be given a public hearing when the hearing actually happens. That they have no problem giving him a public hearing. No, but this is just this is just a deposition, and I agree with you. If you have a subpoena from Congress, I don't care if you're a congressman, a Republican, a Democrat, or whatever. If you have a subpoena, you should be showing up, and there should be repercussions if you don't. Just like I said, Steve Bannon told him to go pound stand. And guess what Steve well, Bannon got? He got but, sent to well, prison he, for it. He got sentenced, but he hasn't been there yet. I thought he did go to prison. No, he was sentenced uh, October 21st, 2022, to four months in prison and a $6,500 fine. He is appealing against his conviction oh, and appealing. sentence, okay. and his sentence was put on hold pending the appeal. So, yeah, I just received a, a, a note from Lori that said Steve Bannon is still not in prison. Yes, he is not. Okay, I thought he had served. My my bad. I thought he'd served his time, but apparently well, he's got the appeal going. So, other average person, they would have made do it. So, yeah. No, I, I mean the average person still would get their chance to appeal, and you you know until it goes through the full court process. I mean, if somebody said to you, "Steve Bannon is appealing," would you say no? Okay, never I, mind. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> so, sorry. Uh, thank you for the call. Uh, appreciate it. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, a couple more emails have uh, rolled in uh, this morning on another subject that we were talking about, uh, the hearings um, with the presidents of uh, MIT, Harvard, and uh, Penn. Uh, Mark says the Israeli versus Palestinian problem is obviously very complicated. An Israeli state was created 75 years ago to help the Jewish religion. It was created by denying Palestinians ownership of their land. It has gone on for years with Israel taking more and more like an uh, imperialist power while not negotiating good faith. It's tough to deal with. Think about how we treated the uh, American Indian. Yeah, and Mark, trust me, I, I get that. In how you're trying to, you know, equate the same thing. Um, the thing that you still don't have is American Indians standing in, in on campuses uh, calling for the complete genocide of uh, all white people in America. And that's kind of what this what this hearing was about. It, it, and they're receiving a lot of, of pushback on that. Um, I think you can say... Um, what you want, uh, just like you just did, without saying, hey, we're going to be calling for the entire genocide of uh, of the Jewish people, or asking, saying, this, we should wipe out all Jews. You can say what you just did and have that opinion without it uh, being a hateful or harassing mark uh, yeah. uh, on campus, I think. Let's see, I've got... Uh a message from, oh, this is something we just talked about briefly this morning. John wrote in to say, so what's the big appeal about pickleball? It's outdoor, <laughs> it's out, what do you mean? it's outdoor ping pong played on a small tennis court with cut down uh, canoe paddles. Come on. It, it, inclo- it involves pickles and balls. What's not to like? Uh, well, not, not the pickles. There's no pickles? No pickles. Then why do they call it pickleball? If there's no pickles, Never mind. Next thing you get to say is there's, no, I mean, uh, no, there, okay, there is a ball. Yes. People, there's paddles. People, I've known people who said they had a ball when they're playing pickleball. So, you know. I, I personally don't get the popularity either, but um, it is taken over. I mean, we were, when we were talking about it off air a little bit earlier this morning, you know, um, I think it was Derek who mentioned it's just taken over for tennis, which it really has. And, and as proof of that, all these tennis courts around Boise, for example, 
um, have all been replaced with pickleball courts. It's, now, it's is, getting difficult to find even a tennis court anymore because they've be, all become pickleball. Is courts. that because, uh, as a society, we're somewhat fatter than we used to be, and it's it takes it takes a lot of effort to run all the way across a tennis court, but not nearly as much to uh, yeah, play pickleball. I, I I I think that may have something to do with. It. Okay, I don't know either because and once again, I've never played pickleball. Um, but I would think I mean, that's why we have virtual reality helmets is because <laughs> people have gotten fatter and it's easier to play games if you just think about them. I would think also that pickleball ball might be a sport where you can drink and play pickleball at the same yeah. time. Tennis well, it's a little more difficult to do that. That's like I said, when I was in high school, I was on the bowling team. I said I was bound to be good at any sport where you could push a button and they bring you french fries. <laughs> Okay, Derek, would you check on that? I, I could have swore pickleball included pickles and balls, but maybe I'm wrong on that. We'll take a break. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, Sam, stay right where you're at. I promise we'll get to you coming up here next. Phone lines are open if you want to get through. Final segment on the way next. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 949, uh, Sam in Caldwell listening on 670 AM. Thanks for being patient this morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning. You got your bills paid, yes. Um, so just a brief thing. You're talking about these congressmen. You know, Steve Bannon went to jail. Um, the congressmen, whether they're senators or representatives, are constitutionally protected from prosecution while they're in session. Um, I don't have the provision in front of me. I'm, I'm at work, but. Gotcha. Uh, they, they can't be prosecuted, so they can just tell the committee, pound sand. Steve <laughs> Bannon and Hunter Biden are not congressmen. <laughs> they can't True. tell Congress to pound sand. Well, they, they, can, they can tell Congress to pound sand, well, yeah, but there yeah. are <laughs> repercussions probably yeah. to that. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they can, of course. Right, and Hunter Biden could also do something Steve Bannon uh, couldn't do. It's like, you know, go pound sand. Do you know who my dad is? Yeah, daddy, daddy. Yeah, I know. Okay. Well, we'll anyway. find out next week. He's he's due um, for I mean, the, the subpoena. It's supposed to happen, I think, on the uh, 13th. Um, so we'll find out next week whether or not his, his lawyer saying he's not going to yeah. show up, if he will show up or not. And next week, Joe might not remember he's his son. So. <laughs> uh, thank you for the call, Sam. Uh, Mike in Boise, listening on 670 AM this morning. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Uh, you had uh, something you want to talk about, Pearl Harbor? Yeah, good morning. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was in my doctor's office, had to get another appointment for my knee, and I made a comment to the two receptionists, which were extremely polite and, and uh, very good at their job, I'm sure, and I, they said, well, how about December 7th? And I said, yeah, Pearl Harbor Day. And neither one of them, they were probably in their mid-20s, neither one of them knew what I was talking about. Hmm. And wow. I thought, what, what are we not teaching kids in school? Um, what, what, where is the generation gap there? And, uh, I mean, I remember being told about it in grade school. Of course, my dad, he wasn't on Pearl Harbor. He was on Midway and, uh, told me the whole history when I was in grade school. But I thought it was ironic that they both had no idea what I was talking about. Wow. And I, I just thought we, we need to tell our generation that's what happened. And, uh. No, well, to, to be fair, not to be fair, Mike. In every generation, there are people who simply do not pay attention. 
And they might have yeah, been well, them. We can't, yeah, we can't <laughs> talk about President Biden anymore. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, but, you know, I just think the history of this country is so important and kind of, kind of a history nut. Uh, but it just surprises me on that day. And uh, anyway, have a good week. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for the call, Mike. Uh, Clay writes in, uh, my father joined the Navy in the spring of 41. He was assigned to a large uh, harbor tug in San Pedro. On December 8th, in 1941, the tug was towed to Pearl Harbor to assist with the recovery. Dad talked about it seldom, but he did tell us how you could see where the men were standing. When the Arizona's ammo magazine exploded, there were grease stains on the deck. If they wore shoes, the uh, hobnails were still in the uh, stain. Wow. He turned 18 while on duty. Wow. How chilling. Good grief. It makes you grow up pretty fast, doesn't it? Yeah. And we, and we had the call earlier this morning who's, was it his grandfather? Who had lied. Lied. Uh, he, was he, was not, he was not even 17. He was just 16 when he went in. Apparently, there was, it wasn't as easy to look up back then. Because a lot of people lied about their age. Yeah, you didn't have, you, you couldn't go. Hey, uh, Google. Uh, hey, uh, Alexa, can you tell me? Well, the, well, back then, they only checked your age if all you could say was Google. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My, how things have changed, mm-hmm. right? Um, this one, I'm doing this at the end of the show, and I apologize to your wife. Um, this one's kind of aimed at you. It says, uh, forgive me, I must respond. Universities use a fine-tooth comb to control student or professor language to the point of expelling or firing or not substituting her for him. But Chris said earlier this morning that they can remain silent about calling for murder because it wasn't spelled out in the handbook. That's a juvenile excuse. That's sounding borderline racist since it involves a group that has already experienced a genocide attempt once before. And they are God's people. They're on shaky, you're on shaky ground. Um, I don't know if you remember talking about this. I think you were yes, I do. being sarcastic. I was. And he, you didn't. I'll, I'll, I'll let me respond. It's, it's your fault for not let hitting me, the sarcastic button. Let, let me respond in the nicest way possible. I, you misunderstood my point, and that does not surprise me. So you, you, you took him literally, and the, it wasn't literal. And I, I, that's a problem, I guess, you, you get all, all the time. Well, it's, it's like I said. No, on, the, on the, and, the, and, and the point and I was Twitter. making, they're, they're saying, well, you know, is, is, calling for the, uh, is calling for the genocide of the Jews, is, the, is that against your uh, behavioral policy? And I'm saying, well, it, you probably can't look it up. It's probably not in there. Like, if I did it, I would probably get fired, even though technically it's not in, in the handbook, handbook, it yeah. doesn't say, oh, by the way, if you call for genocide, we will fire you. Yeah. It's not even mentioned. Yeah, but some things kind of go without saying. Thank you for the phone calls and emails. Uh, once again, don't forget today, Pearl Harbor. Like a lot of the stuff I'm thinking. Remembrance Day today. Uh, it's going to wrap things up for us uh, tomorrow morning. We'll be back. It's Friday already. Tomorrow morning again. Open phones Friday. We'll have a chance to talk in about anything.